Alrighty, we are back for another exciting edition of Cloverleaf Radio. I'm the host of the most, the king of the quarantine, Jimmy Falcon, and we are absolutely honored to welcome back actress Brittany Ebert. How's it going, Brett? How are you? I'm doing pretty good. You know, I realized today when I was working on the flyer, I literally think you were the first guest I used the whole King of the Quarantine thing on. Yeah, I was thinking about that uh, right, you know, leading up to today's call. And yeah, I think in a couple months, it would have been two years ago that we did that already. That's crazy. Yeah, I, um, I've you literally used it every show since because you're like, that really sounds good. And I'm like, well, I'm going to keep it. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I think I'll have to take a look at the flyer, but um, the the one you did for me a couple of years ago had what do you call it? Um, COVID Cofield COVID field. COVID leaf. Like oh yeah, COVID leaf. Yeah. COVID leaf. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm. I think I'm still using that, but then again, I I spit out so much. I feel like Jay Leno or something. Yeah, yeah, how's it going? <laughs> But how have you been? It's been so long. I mean, COVID's COVID's not dead, but it's kind of like on the back burner. If you got the if you got the shots and if you've had it, so what? How what's what's Los Angeles like for you? Oh man, I mean, it's so interesting to compare two years ago, two years ago having this conversation with you then and now. Um, I kind of feel like we're right back to where we were. I mean. Some people are just not accepting reality. I mean, I get it. We all want it to be over. But um, some people are just going against the norm and against the recommendations, and that's kind of why we're right back. So um, things are kind of um, closing up again. There's been threat of um, different things being adjusted. I know um, my day job when I'm... um, working on acting jobs, my day job, I'm bartending and serving, and, you know, the last few years, it's definitely been rough. Anyone in the service industry knows just dealing with um, takeout only and then dine-in and then takeout only, and it always seems to come around the holidays, at least for in L.A. County, um, the shutdowns and the reopenings and that. So, yeah, I feel like there's been talk of one right around the corner, which... I'm okay with the break. <laughs> I wouldn't mind just having a break. Right. It's kind of crazy. I feel like America's kind of like a group of kindergarten kids, and you tell them to, like, go hang up their jacket or put something in their cubby, and they're, like, running off, like, doing super crazy. This is America. I can do what I want. Yeah, my coworker calls it um, herding cats, and I try to use that all the time now because it's so true. It's so impossible to do, and that's what it feels like. Yeah, absolutely. So, how's the projects been? I know that <clears throat> some people I've interviewed, it seemed like, you know, stuff kind of started getting back to where you weren't in your home trying to shoot a film or sending in stuff off a green screen. How have uh, your current projects, like, what have you been working on? You know, I had a really great summer. Um, it was pretty much like one project a month, which is kind of the goal. We all want to be doing something industry-related gosh, every week if possible, but once a month I'll take it. Um, So I've been a part of this um, group called Deadline Junkies. It's a writer's group. I'm not a writer, but they do, uh, when we were doing in person, we'll do it over Zoom now, but 
they uh, will have actors come in and read one or many parts just so the writer can hear it out loud and make sure that the story makes sense or that the jokes land, just to hear it out loud um, outside of their, their, their own voice. Um, and so every year they put on a, a film project. I'm not sure if they, it's somebody's project that they were already writing or they collaborate on something, but I got to be a part of it this year. They did like a COVID Christmas or quarantine Christmas, which looked really fun, just a short film. And so this one, um, I got to be, it was a pretty comical scene. I was a bridesmaid and of course like a Pepto pink dress and a lot of great physical comedy and just so much fun. The month after, or actually just before that, so that was in June, May, I got to, um, gosh, for the first time, go out to a restaurant to do a table read with a friend of mine that I've worked on, one of her, she was a director for a film project I did, gosh, maybe a decade ago, and it was set in the 70s, I got to play this cool 70s mom, so I wore my mom's um, kind of like blue and white uh, striped shirt that I know is from the 70s just and I oh, did nice. my hair like it too so I just came in like trying to embody this like 70s mom kind of thing so I did that in May um, the bridesmaid in the Pepto pink dress was in June and then my friend he has his own picture car company and what that is is he has the police cars and the ambulance and then all of the personnel that goes goes with it so he'll have his whole office is just a huge wardrobe of cop firefighter first responders nurses doctors military I mean he's got a very successful business of doing that and so um, with all of the events that unfolded in 2020 um, I knew that there'd be a lot more cops and nurse roles and you know all of those service member roles um, coming and so I finally had begged him long enough, and he had finally said yes, and so a friend and I um, got to be in one of his projects as a uniform officer. So, um, yeah, very different stuff, but I love the range. You know, that's what we live for is doing different things and living different lives. So it was a lot of fun. I bet you never knew that you'd be doing that and <clears throat> getting to incorporate some of your mom's actual clothing from that era into it when you were on. Oh, I didn't know I was pregnant back in 2009. Oh my gosh, I know, I know. Well, you know, I watched, I watched one or two episodes either before I shot. That was actually my very, very first gig in L.A. No kidding. Very first gig, yeah. And I can't remember if I watched the show before or after because, you know, you hear the title and you're like, how do you not know? And you're like yelling at the TV and all this <laughs> stuff. And so it's like I watched a couple episodes and a lot of times um, just the situation, like there was one girl who was mugged in an alley. And so it's just like the, the shock and awe of it, of course, would kind of throw everything internally out of whack. And so, um, you know, these were not just um, like – like I think some people assume it's not just heavy set women, it's women of all shapes and sizes that just under the given circumstances didn't know. And so I stopped watching that show because like a lot of times on the show, these women were like, 
you know, I looked at this show and I thought, how do you not know? And then here I am. And I was like, okay, change the channel. <laughs> yeah, I know. I I watched quite a bit because my mom like loved that show and like monsters inside me. And <clears throat> I feel like watched a lot of those weird, creepy kind of shows back in the day. And um, I feel like, you know, maybe if it, if you're a bigger girl, you might not know in certain circumstances. But I was amazed to find out that it happens to someone who can actually have a smaller build on them, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's funny, I was watching some stand-up comedy over the holiday, and I swear, that I can't remember the name of this comedian, but he was talking about, like, all those kind of, like you said, weird shows on the Learning Channel, like, it's the learning channel. Like, what are you learning about except for these, like, crazy things that are happening? So it's not quite like um, like a PBS learning channel. It's kind of like the oddities learning channel, which is why we love it. We were, like, drawn in to see, like, you know, it's kind of the why, why we love reality TV. Like, we want to see kind of this train wreck and, and think like, oh my God, this can really happen or this has happened to people. It's just, it's fascinating. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. It's just part of like the, the human psyche, I guess, to like serial killers and weird stuff. Yeah, I mean, before, before the call today, I was kind of watching reruns of CSI Vegas and all those procedural shows. I mean, some of the... Some of the work that they do, it's so gruesome and gory, and it's like, oh my gosh, like, I, I never know if it's the chicken or the egg, if they're pulled from the headlines and they create the story, like, they um, embellish the story a bit, or, ugh, God forbid, like, these creative, talented writers and people putting on this show uh, give, as I say, I don't want to give, I, what do I say, I don't want to give good ideas to bad people, so... It's it's interesting to watch which came first when when you watch shows like that, um, like you said, kind of feeding one or the other. Definitely. And I told my girlfriend when I was prepping this that you were on a lot of episodes of General Hospital, and we watch it. Well, she watches it all the time, and I've I have been curtailed, I guess, into watching it some. But uh, what was it like uh, working on such a legendary show as General Hospital? I mean, when I first started, we did a three-day, so a lot of the soap operas in L.A. will hire their own extras, their own background, which is nice because you're already in a smaller pool. You're not in uh, central casting or any other larger extras or background casting service, so um, it, it's nice being a small pool so you can just kind of target them without... Um, you know, getting lost in the shuffle. And so I started out as an extra. And this was back in 2010. And the the first shoot we did, there was probably a dozen of us. And we had, um, it was like a haunted cruise ship or something. And it was a three-day shoot. So, of course, I got to know, like, you know, the, myself being one of a, a dozen of us. And we just, you know, got as you do sometimes when you're on set in the wee hours of the morning, you just start connecting to people and, and talking because, you know, like your phones die or you're tired of like trolling social media or whatever. So it's like, you know, it brings out the human um, character side of it, which is great. So 
those three episodes turned into more and turned into more. And then, um, obviously working with them, they, uh, upgrade their, um, their pool to co-stars, guest stars, um, recurring series regulars. So you just climb the ladder. And so, um, I think I auditioned once, but it was for a different role. And finally they just started giving me lines, like a couple lines here and there. Um, as Debbie the waitress. So the joke of it was I got to finally tell my folks that I was able to combine my day job with my acting job, which is why I think I was able to successfully have 35 episodes between 2010 and 2015 on General Hospital because it got to the point where they had three stage managers and I knew everybody uh, by first name, and so when I would show up, they're like, oh, thank God, it's you. Okay, well, then we don't have to worry about you because you know what you're doing. And I was like, oh, that's a huge compliment, you know, because they're like, yeah, we don't have to go tell you to clear this table or wipe down these glasses like you just do, and you just happen to always be on camera. I was like, well, that's great. I mean, I'm not trying to, like, I'm not eyeballing the camera to make sure I cross at this time, but I'm just acting as if I would be for a restaurant shift and just keeping myself busy. And so it worked out, it, it lent itself really well to combine the two. Absolutely. <clears throat> and, you know, not everybody who is an extra in uh, a TV show can move it on to a part where they're recurring or have speaking roles. It's not something, it's something that happens, but it's not something that happens every day. So I think you're definitely uh, very honored to have had that happen on such a great show. Yeah, I'm super excited, and, you know, I already had my first audition of the year, and it happened to be for General Hospital. And I can't tell you any more than that, but I thought, well, this is, it, it was a different role, I can say that, but nice. I was very excited to think, you know, enough time had gone by that maybe there's a new um, fan base or kind of, I mean, this is, this is what they say, would say for procedural shows, like I brought up CSI earlier. So, um, if I were to be on CSI Vegas, I couldn't very well be on CSI New York the very next week because anyone who's a fan of the show, chances are a fan of all three of them, Vegas, New York, and Miami. So they're going to be like, Hey, wait a minute. Wasn't that wasn't that girl, didn't she just get killed on Vegas? Like, how is she right. a, a crying mom here in New York? So a lot of times they have to wait for X amount of time, whether it be a few months or even a few years before they bring you back from Vegas to New York to Miami. So enough time has gone by that I was called in for a different role. So I was very excited because I was just, watching a friend in days of our lives and i was like oh man i miss my soap opera days it's so fun it's such a nice like small family and i guess i fought it into existence absolutely that's very cool now <clears throat> of course i understand not being able to speak about certain roles and stuff and i feel like the the one i'm about to ask about was kind of that way the last time we talked but of course now it'd be different was elise so mm -hmm. the legendary Sir Anthony Hopkins. I mean, I'm not sure how much we talked about then, but what was it like working uh, in such a such a film uh, in a film with such an iconic uh, superstar like Anthony Hopkins? I mean, to even get the call, um, I I can't remember how much I was able to share last time, but 
the show or the film did come out December of 2020. So um, at the end of the year when you and I first spoke in the first quarter of it. And um, actually, I got cut out from the film. I still have a credit. Yeah, I was cut out. I guess one too many nurses. Mm. (laughs) Um, So now I can say that that is you know, one of many things in this crazy career that has happened because I've spoken to friends that have been, like, cut out of a three-day shoot or um, the role had changed and so they didn't actually book the job. I mean, um, tons of reasons why you get it and then why you don't. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, uh, it came out, I think, on iTunes. So I wanted to watch just in case, but... I didn't actually get to see it. Um, But, yeah, it was how I had gotten the job initially. My manager just texted me one day, and he said, um, hey, there's a – you're on hold for an Anthony Hopkins project. Are you free this day and this day? And I was like, "Uh, okay, wait a minute. Back up here. (laughs) I was like, "Uh, yes, and how? (laughs) And he's like, well, it's the same casting director. And he was just, like, super excited, too, when we spoke on the phone. He's like, well – it's the same casting director that you've auditioned for a few times before. So all I can attribute that to is I had auditioned for this casting director as a nurse probably two, three times before that. And this is hmm. in the span over a few months. So all I can think of is that she saw that I could do the job as a nurse, even though maybe I didn't book her other films. She saw that I can handle it. She probably just moved that self-tape over to the producers of this project. They probably were like, yeah, she's great. Okay, see if she's available. And so it was between myself and another gal for the head nurse role opposite Anthony Hopkins. And they went with the um, the gal who's a bit older. And I imagine not too much older, like maybe five to ten years, but just, you know, for appearance purposes, a head nurse, um, you know, any one of um, – you know, authority usually is uh, a, a little bit older. So, yeah, I was bummed, but I thought, wow, what a way to get it. Like, I didn't I didn't have to audition. I just got it. I was like, man, this is – I felt celebrity status, you know. So I was just like, that's amazing. So, mm-hmm. like I said, I can only attribute it to just doing my best work in previous auditions. She held on to that and worked her magic to get me in on that. And – um so I was supposed to just shoot a scene um, with the lead character, Elise, in like a dream sequence where I'm pushing her in a wheelchair. And it was the very, I was there all day. It was the last scene of the day. Um, they ended up cutting it. So we didn't even shoot it. Mm. Which is unfortunate because I think a lot of people in, in this business know you, you always just overshoot more than you need and then you can um, cut it out later in uh, the editing process and post-production rather than not have what you need or have enough footage so like I said one instead of too many cooks in the kitchen I guess too many nurses in the in the hospital (laughs) you know and that makes me think I went to LA in 2012 and got to see Adam West get his star on the walk of fame and me and my ex were in the very front row and got interviewed by the Reels channel. But I am not someone who's great on camera. I'm still getting getting a little better doing stuff with the radio show. But 
Yeah. It's not great, and I just kind of flubbed my way through the interview and then went to watch it later, and my part got completely cut, and I just felt <laughs> devastated. But, I mean, I wasn't no. cut out of an Anthony Hopkins film, so how bad do I really have it? And I guess, you know, I should be happy that I was interviewed to begin with by something like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm stoked that the opportunity presented itself, and oh, it's absolutely. just one of those things in the business, but... Man, I could not w- I could not walk faster to my car to just start bawling. Oh, I bet. <laughs> I was that like so sad. Trying to hold it because I could see everybody look at me and know, and I could see that they felt bad. Like here, we all know it's the end of the day. It's we all know it's the last shot, and they just I felt their hearts went out to me, but I just try to keep a a stiff upper lip until I like hustled to the car, and I mm-hmm. was just like. It was like one of those like ugly cries too. It was like the, <laughs> you know, like I can't believe this. But like oh, I said, no. it's happened to a few friends of mine. Maybe not particularly like that, but at least I know I'm on the right track because, you know, you get more of these experiences, and some of these things are bound mm. to happen. So it just makes you stronger. It makes you tougher to know. Like, don't take it personal. My goodness, don't take it personal because. <sighs> Otherwise, you're just in a world for hurt, you know, blaming yourself, right. and it's not it's not how it goes. It's just, um, you know, time, money, um, the light, you know, all these different factors of, um, or, you know, scenes are repetitive, and so, yeah, you just kind of chalk it up to something and make peace with it and move on. But I was happy to see that it finally came out, because it was, um, Gosh, you know, we've been waiting, and then um, pandemic happened, and right. you know, multitude of reasons why why sometimes films get shelved and don't even see the light of day. And again, funding and distribution, and a lot of that has to do with it. Absolutely. Well, we went over a little <clears throat> over our time, so I hope I didn't keep you too long. But uh, thank you so very much for joining me, and it's always nice talking with you. And best of luck. Oh, it's with, my pleasure. Uh, I love I love visiting with you. So. I guess hopefully hopefully I'll talk to you before two years go by again, but it'll be interesting to see where we are uh, come that time, right? Absolutely. But before we go, is there any place anybody can like uh, check out your work or any reels or anything like that? Oh, yeah. I have a website, BrittanyEbert.com. I'm on almost all the social medias, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Instagram is the Brittany Ebert. And Brittany is spelled with an I, B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I. And then Ebert, like Siskel and Ebert, if there's anybody who remembers those <laughs> Oh, <two>. yeah, definitely. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Facebook, Twitter, oh, yeah, LinkedIn, um, Instagram, and, and my website has pretty much all my reels divided out. Um, so I'm looking forward to get the uh, the police footage because that, that's something that I have yet to add to my reel, so... Lots of great mom and nurse stuff, though, <laughs> including that I didn't know I was pregnant. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was going to say something funny, but it completely dropped my mind when you you said that. It just made me laugh so hard. Oh, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Yep, uh, that's on there oh with my, my super short hair from when I first moved here. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, if I think about what I was going to say, I'll Facebook it to you because it's pretty good. But Yeah, please do. Please do. <laughs> it was great catching up with you, Brittany, and uh, enjoy the rest of your night. Yes, you too. My pleasure. Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you soon. All righty. Thanks again. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. All righty, guys. Big thanks to Brittany Ebert. We actually have a couple of shows coming up. I can't always say that because I'm so bad about, like, keeping things going, but 
Um, I am planning on doing a few more before I do my little hibernation thing because winter is just not the best for me. And living in Illinois, <clears throat> excuse me, living in Illinois, it's just, it's it's never good after a certain month. But uh, we are going to be back on January 10th. We're going to be welcoming actress-producer Kate Robertson prior to this show. And it's a pretty interesting way how I got connected with her. She thought I was the other Ian Boothby. Um, who did who's done some uh, does work in entertainment and uh did some stuff with like the Simpsons so I I've definitely heard stuff from people before because we have the same name I think that's half the reason why I go by Jimmy Falcon but we'll be talking to her and then the next day I'm welcoming back former WWF referee and ring crew chief Mike Toomey to the show January 11th so we will see you guys then thank you everybody for listening let me find where that's at there we go have a great night I'm ready Hey everyone, this is Brittany Ebert from Jane the Virgin. Just wanted to let you know, thank you for listening to Cloverleaf Radio. Alright guys, it's me, the host of the most, the king of the quarantine, Jimmy Falcon, on the road. It's kind of funny, you know, sometimes I run into people uh, that I've interviewed or that I know somehow through the show. <clears throat> and uh, a lot of times... Um, well, about every time I'll get at least get a picture with this person. Uh, but um, sometimes I will try to get a little interview going. And this time I ran to someone outside of a bathroom of all places. Who, oh my God, I've known this guy for 10 years now? 10 or 11 years? But, um... He's helped me out a lot. He's a really awesome guy. Getting ready to approach his 81st birthday. I can't freaking believe it. Ladies and gentlemen, making his debut interview appearance on Cloverleaf Radio. The spokesman with the plan. Clarence Cloverleaf. Clarence, how's it going, buddy? Oh, good God, Ian. That is all the kind of introduction I get for all the things I've done for you since 2011. <laughs> the, kind, the kind of introduction... Well, I don't know what kind of introduction to give you. I thought that was sufficient. Sufficient doesn't always work, my boy. Sometimes you must put a little oomph into it. Or a little elbow grease, as my uncle used to call it, working in the car garage. Well, yeah, I, you know, I try to, but I'm kind of tired. So, what what are you doing outside of this bathroom? We're, we're in some kind of, I don't even know what... Do you have any idea where we're at, actually? I believe the location of our chat right now is outside of Indianapolis, Indiana. And we are at, um... I believe this place is called a BP. Or maybe a Jack Flash. But I'm not very sure. I really had to use the restroom. And I was kind of in a hurry. And uh, I did not look at the uh, sign when I came in. Okay. Anyhow. So, it's a Saturday. 1.30. And we're outside of this bathroom. 
I don't even know where to begin with you. Uh, this friendship seems like it's it's been something. I, I guess I can. Can I? Am I able to call it a friendship? Of course you can call it a friendship, Jimmy. We've done things, friend things for many a moon, and I have a feeling we will continue to do friend things onward into the future. Oh, that's always good to hear. Clarence, I guess I'll start off with, uh, people ask me how I came uh, to know you, how this uh, partnership, friendship, um, citizenship came about. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Goodness. Uh, because I, I feel like I remember it maybe a different way. Well... Back in 2011, I was kind of down on my luck. I was hoping that I could find myself a, a grand job as a MC, spokesman, personality. And I was on my Blackberry phone, cellular edition. And I was in Poughkeepsie, New York, at a comic con, signing copies of my recent comic at the time, Clarence Saves the Day, featuring an appearance from Lou Ferrigno. And that is how I came to know you. You sent me a, a diatribe, almost a book. Maybe like a blog, email, face, Facebook, MySpacer message. And ask if I was personally uh, interested in being a spokesman for the show. And I agreed wholeheartedly that it was something I had to do with my life. And here we are. Well, that's true. I am going to run and get gas real quick because this guy's been eyeing me. I don't know if he's eyeing me or eyeing you, but maybe it's because we're standing so close to the bathroom. Actually, you have some toilet paper uh, sticking out of the bottom of your uh, pant leg there, Clarence. Oh, good Lord. How in, how in Featherbottom's way did this come about? <coughs> I just died a little, I think. That was death. We will continue with part two in a little while.